Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hello, this is Lee Bright uh, filling in for Tara this morning. And uh, we've got uh, Rick... uh, Rick, pronounce your bat last name because I'm sure I'm butchering it. <laughs> it's Brundrett. Brundrett. Rick Brundrett with the Nerve does a lot of fantastic work. Uh, he's been with the Nerve, I believe, since September 2009. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's when I was uh, hired. We actually launched the Nerve in January of 2010. So we've been in existence for more than 14 years now. And uh, you can easily find us at thenerve.org. Um, we're the um, investigative arm of the South Carolina Policy Council, which is a nonprofit, uh, nonpartisan research organization founded back in 86. And you can find them on a separate website at uh, scpolicycouncil.org. So, judicial reform, uh, you know, we've got a, uh, I don't know, it's a lot to unpack, the Judicial Screening Committee. When I was in the Senate, I sponsored a bill to have the governor appoint in Senate oversight, which I thought the federal system got that right. But, of course, with our current governor and our current Senate, we we might even be worse than we are now with who they'd put in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, uh, yes, and the Policy Council uh, uh, would like ultimately South Carolina's judicial uh, selection system to be modeled after the federal government, governor appointment with Senate confirmation. Uh, What we have now is, as you well know, um, South Carolina and Virginia are the only states in the nation where the legislatures play a primary role in selecting judges. And, um, you know, it goes back to our own constitution. in in Article 1, it, it says we have three separate and distinct branches. But it doesn't say they're co-equal. And so what does that mean? Well, <laughs> as you well know, uh, uh, the legislature essentially controls the show in South Carolina, and that includes the judiciary. And um, we tried voters back in 96, um, approved a constitutional amendment to try to limit in some ways the, the legislature's power in selecting judges, they said, well, you can only, legislature, you can only elect those lawmakers, those uh, judicial candidates who are nominated by a, uh, a judicial screening uh, committee known as the Judicial Merit Selection Commission. Uh, what happened was, however, the legislation, the what, as you know, the enabling legislation that was passed the following year, uh, I call it, it enabled the legislature to essentially take control of the judiciary through that process allow you know requires that six of the ten members be lawmakers 
and the appointments are controlled by just three lawmakers, half of whom are appointed by the House Speaker, the other, another, and three of those have to be lawmakers. Three of them are appointed by the Senate Judiciary Committee chairman, and those three have to be senators. And then the last two are appointed by the Senate president. So uh, currently what we have right now uh, is a, you know, uh, for short, the JMSC, you know, controlled by lawyer lawmakers. All, all six, you know, lawmakers are lawyers. Um, more than, you know, 30% right now of the entire uh, legislature are lawyers. And I can guarantee you that, you know, uh, of all the occupations in the state of South Carolina, 30% are not lawyers. So they're overrepresented in the legislature. Were you, were you, and I'm trying to think of what year I did that, when I tried to rescind the slate for the Supreme Court nominee, were you, were you there when I did that in the joint session? What year was that, Lee? I, I think it was 2009. It was, I, I believe it was 09. It might have been 10. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I mean. It was, it was, it was Hearn. It was when Hearn was up. Okay. And her husband yeah. was, a, was a legislator. Exactly. And I've written about that. And I, and I went uh, to the floor, and, and I, I moved to have the slate rescinded because Bruce Williams, they did not screen him out, and he had been screened out prior. Right. So I moved to rescind the slate. And you know how many votes I got out of 170? <laughs> I think it was 22. Right. But do you know how many lawyers walked up to me? Several lawyers after the vote said, Lee, you're exactly right. This is a terrible system. But as a lawyer, I could not vote against a future sitting Supreme Court judge. Right. They're all scared. Okay. Um, they're, all, they're all scared. And, and you know, um, and critics have said the, the problem is that it creates, you know, either apparent or actual conflicts of interest. Um, right now, fast forward, um, uh, I wrote a piece on the day that judicial elections were scheduled to be held, February, you know, just this past February 7th, um, but they were postponed. Um, uh, uh, Senator Wes Clymer, uh, Republican of York, had threatened to filibuster uh, all the elections unless, you know, uh, there was judicial reform. And, um, so that, uh, the House side said, uh, you know, uh, well, we want to, you know, we want all these elections to go through. The Senate said, um, the Senate's position was, well, um, no, not until we have judicial reform. Maybe the only one we'll let through uh, to have fill a seat would be for the Chief Justice. That's up for this year. And that had been, you know, uh, Justice, you know, um, Kittredge is expected to be the next Chief Justice. But that's it. But neither chamber could agree on each other's uh, concurrent resolutions, and so the whole thing is unraveled, and right now we're in limbo. Well, well James, we, James Smith, a hard-left liberal from Columbia, right. well, they were going to put on the bench. I mean, right. it's obscene. He's, uh, he's only nominated uh, a candidate uh, uh, left you know, for a Fifth Circuit judgeship, and, and, and I wrote a uh, on that, when I wrote that piece on February, said so I pointed out, uh, at least in recent years, you know, roughly a dozen examples of ex-lawmakers who were on the bench at various levels, from the Supreme Court on down to magistrates. I pointed out another, you know, ten examples of of judges of you know who are uh, either relatives or former legal associates of either current or sitting lawmakers. So there's a lot of 
you know, there's just a lot of insider, you know, favoritism going on um, in terms of who, you know, sits on who sits on the bench. And um, well, well, I, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate you getting the word out. We got we got another break, but but I thank you for coming on the show. And well, it, and if people want to take action, they can go to the scpolicycouncil.org. There was a, a, a an action page that was created. Uh, folks can sign a petition. It makes it easy to contact their uh, lawmakers um, and to, to question them about what's going on with judicial reform. Well, Rick, thanks for all you do. And uh, I don't host much, but hopefully next time I do, we can get you on again and tell more about what's going on in Columbia. And, and you're an excellent resource. So uh, thank you for coming on the show. All right. Thank you for having me, Lee. Appreciate it. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.